Welcome to Detour to Neverland, your guide to living your best Disney life through your hobby or business. Here's your hosts, Brendan and Catherine. Welcome back to Detour to Neverland. Today is episode number 89. So we have been waiting 10 episodes, five weeks, um, to announce this very last winner of our giveaway. Um, and I just have to say, this has been so much fun for us. You know, we've really enjoyed getting to work with the small shops that we've had the privilege of getting to know and interview. And we've really loved seeing your screenshots and, you know, having you reach out to us. It's been a lot of fun. So for our very last winner, we have Leah Joy, um, who you can find on Instagram at Joyful Disney Adventures. Um, Leah, you are the winner of a tumbler um, and some other fun goodies from our friend Amanda at Five Little Elephants. So we will be in contact with you to let you know um, how we can get you this great stuff. But thank you so much for listening. Um, and thank you to everyone who has listened or is listening um, and anyone who's reached out. It means a lot to us. Yeah, absolutely. For future giveaways, if you guys have any advice on what kind of things that you guys would like or or what's fun for you to receive or even what's a fun way to structure it. Um, We are all ears on that. But of course, we always want to support the small shops that we are interviewing as well and and help get their name out there and and everything that goes along with that. One thing I wanted to mention before we jump into our interview is a couple episodes back when we kind of gave you an update on Detour and where we were at, one of our questions was, how can we better connect with you as the listeners? Um, and we actually had a couple people reach out and say that Facebook community or or Facebook groups are a great way to have that back and forth. And we couldn't agree more. So we are really making an effort to spend more time in our Facebook group and on our Facebook page just to keep those conversations going more. Um, it's a little more, um, conversational, I think, than Instagram or Twitter are. So if you want to join with that, of course, we'll put the links in our show notes, or you can just search search for Detour to Neverland Community, and that's where you can find it. I think it's Detour to Neverland Podcast Community, but I'm, conf- <laughs> I'm confident that you will find it. So our interview today is a really fun one because we've talked with travel planners in the past about kind of what that role is, and I know so many of you are in that industry But today we're talking from the travel agency's side of what does that look like to run an agency and, and, you know, what does it look like to to employ agents and and have them as um, contracted representatives of their company. So um, our guest today is Allison, who runs Magical Memory Planners. It was such a fun chat. So we're going to go ahead and throw it into that interview. And thank you guys so much for listening. Hi, well, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited about this. So my name is Allison, and I'm from Magical Memory Planners, as you said. Um, I'm from the Pennsylvania area. I have three kids. They are 12, uh, 10, 12, and 14. So that is a bundle of fun, um, getting into the teenage years here. <laughs> um, we love to travel. Um, they're my little travel buddies, and they're pretty good. We've traveled with them since they were real little they've had uh went on their first flights all of them before they were even um six months old and um yeah i'm pretty into food so pretty much everything i travel and everywhere i go revolves around what i'm planning to eat and where we're going to eat so that's just a little bit about me you are our kind of person yes for sure (laughs) So since you love to travel, this is just kind of off the wall, but where is your favorite place that you've been? If you had to pick oh one goodness. place. Besides Walt Disney World. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think probably the the most fun we've had as a family um, was on a cruise. Um, I won't mention the cruise line. It wasn't Disney Cruise Line, but um, no, um, it was a Norwegian cruise. It was a blast. And we went down to um, Honduras and we went zip lining. And it was a couple years ago. So the kids were like, I don't know, like eight, 10, and 12, maybe. Um, but we just had a fantastic time. I mean, the country's beautiful. Zip lining was like a crazy fun adventure. And it's my husband never wants to do anything twice ever. Um, and so he actually admitted, like, 
he would do that whole trip again and go back. We also went to Belize um, and did some cave tubing. But um, I don't know, Honduras, and that was pretty much my favorite thing we've done so far. Oh, that takes me back. We went ziplining on our honeymoon in St. Lucia. We haven't been ziplining since, Catherine. No, but it was fun. It was a lot of fun. So... My list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I have a long list. <laughs> so we got a little bit of your background, of course, living in Pennsylvania and learning about your family. What other kind of background information outside of Magical Memory Planners and Disney, you know, what what was your background before you got into that or any other kind of relevant information that our listeners, you know, would want to know? So I actually started out... Um, I guess my career, so to speak, as a teacher. I went to school for teaching, um, spent a couple of years teaching like pre-K and early childhood. Um, And then when we moved to Pennsylvania from New York, I decided to stay home with my kiddos. And so I was home for quite a while. Um, And then it was kind of getting to that point where it was like, what are we going to do? Like, are you going to go back to school? Are you going to go back to teaching? Are you going to go back and get I would have like needed to complete my master's. And so just kind of having that conversation about where are we going to go from here? So that's when, um, you know, everyone's having me plan their vacations and, um, I really wanted to get into, I wanted an outlet outside of just being home with the kids, which I love and I love being with them, but I kind of needed like an outlet. So I actually started blogging. Um, it was kind of came up on my daughter's birthday party. My brother's like, you should write a blog. (laughs) I was like, Oh, okay. So I started blogging and, um, that's kind of where I ended up where I am today. But, um, but yeah, my background was really in teaching and I was home for a long time with my kiddos too. Yeah. I love that. I think that's how so many of these different businesses that we've talked to get started just from like that desire to do something creative or to have that sort of outlet. And I think blogging is something that we'll definitely talk about a little later because that definitely ties into Magical Memory Planners even today. So I love how that kind of comes full circle. Yeah, it was just kind of a, it was like, I know from my teaching background, you know, I could write and I wanted to communicate with people. And ultimately, and it it really falls into the whole um, agency as well. I mean, I love to teach and I love to inform people and help people understand and grow. And so, yeah, that's where the the blog kind of came from. I wanted to like teach the world everything (laughs) they needed to know about Disney, actually. So was was the blog always Disney focused or did you blog about other topics as well? It was it was Disney focused. Um, it had a different name. It wasn't Magical Memory Planners. It was actually DisneyDivaTips.com, and um, that was kind of where I started. And I just wanted to kind of explain to people, you know, how to use a dining plan or why you'd want to use one, or just the little nuances about hopper tickets and I don't know whatever kind of came to mind. I would write. I would write about. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. So. Let's go ahead and fill in the rest of that story, kind of how did you get from blogging and then into travel planning and then deciding to open up your own agency? Kind of what were the steps and conversations that got you to this point? So I, like I said, was blogging and I was at it for a while. I I don't even really know how long, probably like a year or two. And, um, you know, wanted to kind of make that as a financial contribution to my family. And so my husband was kind of like, so how's the blogging going? I'm like, oh, it's awesome. I have all these articles and I have like this structure and I love my header and, you know, all this stuff. And he's like, so like, how much are you making any money? (laughs) I'm like, no, no. Um, I made three cents this month. (laughs) I'm like literally three cents. And he's like, Oh, okay. So that's kind of like a hobby for you. I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's kind of like a hobby, (laughs) which is fine. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, But we were kind of looking at our finances and the kids and and what we were going to do moving forward. And so, um, you know, on, on many occasions, friends would ask me, Hey, could you get together with me and help me plan my vacation? And I'm like, yeah, did you read my blog? Did you look at this? Did you look at that? And they're like, yeah, but I'd love if you could just sit down and kind of help me understand this. Cause like, I don't really get what's happening here. Um, and so I would 
tell my husband, you know, oh, you got to watch the kids. I got to go out. I got to, I got to meet with this family. I'm going to help them plan their vacation. And so he was kind of my catalyst. I mean, I've, I have an entrepreneurial mind, but my husband is more of a risk taker than I am. So he's kind of like, so, you know, you could probably make money as, you know, planning people's vacations. I was like, no, I don't think so. He's like, honey, they're called travel agents. <laughs> I was like, oh, right. <laughs> I've heard of them. Um, and so it was just kind of like this eye-opening moment, like that there was really like a career path that I hadn't necessarily considered in that way before. So I started investigating. I started applying to travel agencies. Um, I started educating myself and all that. Um, I became a travel agent in 2010 and, um, very quickly, you know, kind of the dark side, I guess, kind of wasn't really in a great place in the agency that I had chosen. Um, as much as I looked at a lot of different agencies, I didn't really know what I was looking for. And so didn't really make the best choice. Um, so very quickly I had to make a change of decision. And so it was either find someplace new or start something new. And so I decided to start something new. So, um, so magical memory planners was born in 2012. So we're celebrating seven years actually this month. Um, we opened May 22nd, um, of 2012. And so, um, that's kind of how I ended up where I was, but I had this support because I had this blog that I could kind of jump off of that became my website. But I very quickly, you know, understood that I couldn't have Disney in my name if I wanted to be a travel agency. So, um, that wouldn't fly <laughs> long-term. So, um, so yeah, so magical memory planners was born and, um, that's kind of how we got, got started. That is awesome. I mean, that's an amazing story. It kind of how a bad situation obviously turned into an amazing situation for you. Kind of what did that look like whenever you first decided that you were going to start something for yourself? Kind of did you have a foothold to to know which direction to go or was it just a lot of research or kind of what was your approach to that process of getting the business formed and, and then ultimately setting what the business structure would look like as well? Yeah, I mean, that involved, you know, our accountant and an attorney to try to figure out, you know, contracts and legal status and LLCs and S-Corps and all the kind of fun business end of things. Um, but, you know, coming from a certain experience, I decided, you know, this is what I want my agency to be like. This is how I want people to be treated. This is how I want people to get resources. This is how, this is how I would want to be treated, how I wish I was treated. This is what I wish I had. And that's what kind of created what I had because I was like, well, then I can make that. I can make this my home and I can make it the way I wish it always was because now it's mine. So, um, yeah, so that just kind of played into how I would design our, um, program for our independent contractors and, um, it just all the, you know, all the pieces, but I mean, it, any starting any business, once you get into the the real business end of things is kind of the boring stuff of like, contracts and attorneys and <laughs> accountants and QuickBooks and, you know, all the, the legal stuff to make sure everything is, is set up correctly and legally and then reaching out to the different suppliers and getting registered and, and getting all that, that insurance. <laughs> it's a long list. <laughs> but, but I um, I was say, but I love just your your inspiration for creating everything is just I mean, kind of like Brennan said, taking that bad situation and saying, you know, I can do this better. You know, I can create um, like a work environment that other people would enjoy. And obviously celebrating seven years in two days after we air this. I mean, that's so exciting. That's such a big accomplishment. And I think that's a huge you know, milestone. And that's a huge, you know, testament to anyone who's wanting to do something like this, that, you know, it's always, you know, if you think you can do it, you know, go for it and try it because you never know where it'll take you. Yeah. Well, Walt Disney said, um, it's kind of fun to do the impossible. And I love that quote because it's incredible when you think that there's, I mean, I never really dreamed that I could 
work from home and contribute to my family and do something that I'm passionate about. And I, you know, my job is really very two faceted because I'm an agency owner. So I have to run the business end of things and take care of my team and encourage my team and plan training and, um, you know, help everybody be as successful as they can be. But then on the other hand, I am still an agent and I have my own clients that I take care of and that I book. Um, and so I kind of wear two hats, which is challenging, but, um, it's good cause it keeps my kind of my feet wet in all departments. <laughs> so I don't forget <laughs> what it's like to be a frontline agent because I'm still doing that as well. Um, so it helps me relate and take care of my agents. But, um, but I mean, I, in the sense, I never dreamed when I was blogging about Disney that I could have been able to do something that took care of my family and has made me so happy. Um, but it's really fun when you do the impossible. <laughs> there's, For sure. Yeah. There's a couple things that I want to make sure that kind of hits home for our listeners. And the things that stood out to me were that it is possible that if you have a vision and you have this dream for something that you want to do, that there's steps that you can take and there's doors that you don't even know that are there that can be opened if you keep on mm -hmm trucking and, and keep on putting the time in and keeping your eyes open for opportunities. Um, and the other part of it is just that this, it, it can be an escape that if you're stuck in a situation that you don't want to be in, there's always alternatives. There's always something down the road that, that, that makes sense and can bring you that happiness that you said and the financial aspect of it as well. So I really think that's, such a wonderful story and i and i hope that our listeners use that as encouragement that that it's something that you can work towards absolutely i mean you have every in every situation it's like mary poppins um <laughs> there's an element of fun no but <laughs> in every situation you have to decide what you're going to do with that and you can either it, it, the movie meet the robinsons is, i feel like everything in life you can learn from a Disney movie, like mm -hmm. everything. But anyway, um, meet the Robinsons, you know, they're like, you failed and they all throw a party. And it's like, you just got to keep moving forward. But you can't, you could never do the amazing if you didn't fail, because that pushes you in, in different directions and opens new doors. And you just have to keep your eyes open and say, okay, so this didn't work. So I can either bury my head and say, you know, this stinks. And I'm a failure. And this is the end. Or you can say, wait a minute, okay, so this didn't work. So cross that off the list. That's not the direction I'm going to go in. So now what is the next option? And where can I go next? And what can I learn? And what did I learn from that? And what can I do different next time? Um, and it's just an opportunity for growth. And you, know, you just got to keep moving forward. What's the next thing? And I think that it's funny, I think things kind of push us failures and successes kind of push us around. And sometimes we end up in places we never thought we'd be. <laughs> We're like, huh, Maybe that's what that was all about. Now I'm here. This is awesome. You know, so you just gotta, you just gotta keep going, keep moving forward and just see what, what the next thing is and see what doors come and you just never know. <laughs> we are big believers in that. And I think, you know, kind of, as you said, you know, how everything is connecting and coming full circle. I think something that we mentioned earlier is that, you know, a big part of what makes magical memory planners is that you still do have that blog and you are still very committed to creating good content and sharing tips, um, not only on your website, but also on your Instagram page. So what kind of, you know, as you created a travel agency, you know, what also made you want to keep that part of your content? Well, I mean, I want to be like genuine, you know what I mean? So if you're going to tell people how, you know, tips and help them plan their travel, then you should, you should know what this is all about. So I feel like that's, you know, the first way someone's going to find us might be through Google or through, um, you know, through our website. So I want them to see that we know what we're talking about. We have experience. Um, you know, we're not just like, going to book a trip for you and send you on your way. You know, we, we know what we're talking about. We've experienced it. And so it just, you know, our own personal travel, the questions, um, you know, a client may have 
all gives us inspiration for what needs to be written, what needs to be put out there. And ultimately, we want to help people have the best trips. Now, ideally, that would be with you booking with us so that we can, you know, personally take care of your trip and help you. But for whatever reason, if that's not the case right now, then we want to get that content out there and just, you know, add value to the Disney space in general, you know, where, wherever you are, wherever, wherever in your journey you are, um, whether you're going to Disney, you just got back from Disney. You're not really planning to go to Disney right now. You wish you could go to Disney, but you're not, or, you know, wherever you are, we just want to be adding value to the space, adding to the content, um, and just helping everyone in their journey, wherever they are. And hopefully through that, they'll say, yeah, these people really know what they're talking about and we would love to work with them. But you know, that doesn't always happen, but we do what we can. Yeah. And I love that. And I think, you know, even as, you know, we kind of looked at your content and we see everything that you're blogging about, you have such a wide variety. You know, it's not just the parks. And I know that's something that from talking to you before we started recording, that's something that you are passionate about. So what other things do you like to talk about besides just Disney parks? So, yeah, we we sell all Disney destinations. Um, and so, you know, outside of the domestic parks, there's also, um, Alani, which is a Disney resort and spa in Hawaii on the Island of Oahu, um, which I got to go see last November. It is paradise for sure. Um, you can get Mickey shave ice, which is super cool (laughs) (laughs) because you have shave ice, which is super cool. And then you have Mickey. So smash them together and it's perfect. Um, but just, just a beautiful way to experience Hawaii and just so authentic to the Hawaiian culture. Um, it's just an amazing experience, but then, um, you know, we love Disney cruise line. They're fantastic. That's like all the magic of Disney. And then like you don't have to do 20,000 steps to experience it all because it's just like all on that ship. But then go to, you know, amazing places and see amazing things. Um, And then actually in August, I get to go on my first Adventures by Disney trip and we're going to Costa Rica. Um, So I will be ziplining again. And I'm super excited about that and whitewater rafting and a a whole nother adventure with their guided tours. So, um, you know, obviously I love Disneyland and, um, but we love travel. We love travel overall. So even though, you know, obviously Disney is the focus of this conversation and Disney is really where my heart is. Um, but we love to travel with all the cruise lines, all inclusives in the Caribbean. I mean, pretty much anywhere you want to go, somebody on our team is going to be the expert that's going to help you, you know, figure that out. Um, but yeah, I mean, I love to just meet people where they're at. I love to hear like, well, where do you want to go? What is your goal? And maybe it's a place that they know that they want to go. Um, or maybe it's just an experience that they know they want to have, but they're not sure how to get it or whatever the case may be. So I just love to hear people's stories and find out where are you and where can we come alongside you and and fill in all the gaps. Yeah. I, and I can say from reading through your blog um, through the last week, I've been I've been skimming through all of them and trying to make through my way is through as many as possible. And I've read other blogs from travel agencies. And I can honestly say that the voice through your content is not from a sales perspective. It's like you said, it's, it's meeting someone where they're at. It's giving them the best tips and, and, you know, vacation itineraries and opening people's eyes to maybe options that they didn't know that were there but it's not salesy as all. So I think that's a really great distinction and, you know, really a testament that that you're doing content that is providing value to the community. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So one of the last things that we wanted to ask you, because we've heard a couple episodes from our friend Brienne, who is a, a travel planner on that side of things, but from your perspective where you are partnering with these independent contractors to become travel agents and planners under your team, do you have any tips or, you know, advice to someone who maybe they're already a planner or they're looking to break into it about kind of what skills translate to success? What, what do you see in a successful person that, that other people can mimic and, and kind of make their own? Okay, awesome. So I, I 
kind of was thinking about this and I, I really narrowed it down to two things. I think just to kind of make it concise and like hopefully have a powerful punch. Um, so the first thing that I think is super important that you need to have is passion. Um, I think pretty much anybody who's interested in planning Disney vacations has a passion for Disney. Um, so that's kind of like a no brainer, like, yeah, I love Disney. Um, but it's more than just a passion for Disney itself. Cause Disney sells itself. Like people already know that they want to go to Disney. They're not like, is there like a theme park you would recommend or that you've heard of that might be good for families? Like they already know they want to go to Disney. Um, I've even booked trips for people to Disney that don't even want to go to Disney, which I think is hysterical because it's like, you know, people will come to me and be like, so I got to plan this trip to Disney. I, I kind of don't want to go, but I feel like as a good parent, I have to take my child. So I'm just hoping you can help us. <laughs> it's kind of <laughs> like, you know, who, who plans a trip someplace? They don't even want to go. Um, but Disney's selling itself. So obviously you need to have passion about that because, you know, by the time I was done with them, they were like super psyched to go. And actually they came back as like total Disney obsessed people. And I was like, see, I told you, you'd love it. Um, and so you want your passion to kind of like get into everybody else. But um, passion for Disney isn't really enough, I think, to be a successful travel agent or travel planner. You have to have a passion, I think, well, for travel in general, um, but you have to have a passion for caring for people. You have to have a passion for um, like putting yourself in someone else's shoes and being like, if this was my trip, what would I want someone to tell me and help me with? Because um, it's really an act of <laughs> love. I feel like what we do, um, whether it's making fast passes super early in the morning or checking back for the hundredth time to find out if you can get that dining reservation that you know that they really want, um, or thinking of ideas, um, you know, for a family that might have a, a tight budget or have a particular character their child's like super obsessed with or whatever the case may be, but like really being passionate about them and their trip. Because if you just plan like a textbook trip, like a mediocre trip or like a, you know, everybody needs to eat here and do this and do this, check the boxes. Um, they're not going to really necessarily love working with you probably. And they may or may not tell other people about you. And then that's not really going to help your business grow. But if you're super passionate about your client and their family and their needs and like, Oh my gosh, like weird things. Like I, I feel like they all become my friends, my clients, because I really care about them. I care about their families and their kids and, um, they'll call me and tell me things. I'm like, Oh my gosh. Um, you know, just connecting with people. So I think that real passion to serve people, help people connect with people is really important. And that really connects you to your client and will help your business grow so that they're telling other people like, Oh my gosh, you cannot go to Disney without calling this person, um, because they're amazing. And that's an emotional connection. That's not just like an intellectual connection that says like, yes, they did a good job. They saved me money or they, you know, planned my trip. It's that emotional connection you've made with them that they're like, oh my gosh, you have to call her. She's awesome. Um, so one is the passion. And like I said, for more than just Disney, really connecting with people. Um, and the two is a purpose. You really, and this, these are really true of any business you want to start, um, or get involved with, but you need to have a purpose. Um, you need to know what your goal is for doing this. It might be a financial purpose. It might be, you know, an emotional outlet purpose. It might be, um, I don't know. It could be anything, I guess, but you need to have a purpose because that purpose will help you pick your goals. And when you have goals, You'll have a plan to meet those goals, and then you will find that you're meeting your goals and you've met your purpose and you will be successful at it. Um, any business, especially with this, it can't just be something that you're just kind of like, oh, uh, maybe I feel like doing this today. Maybe I don't. You know, you really have to set a schedule, figure out what you're doing, have your goals, have your plan um, to really get where, where you want to go. Um, so that's kind of my, the biggest thing I really look for, even in the interview process, um, that I try to read between the lines about is, is what is, what is their passion really? If their passion is for their own personal travel, that's like not necessarily going to translate well. Um, but do they really have a passion for other people and do they really have a strong purpose that's going to motivate them through, you know, the hard parts of business? 
um, and the hard times. So that's my advice. I think that is wonderful advice. And and like you said, I think you can apply those same concepts to any sort of business. But I do think in a travel planning role where it is all about customer service, I think those two things are absolutely essential. So I think that anybody who's working on that, you know, certainly can take those to heart. Yeah. And I think so many times we talk about like authenticity and how people can pick up on that. And usually when we talk about authenticity, it's just from like the social media standpoint. But I feel like in everything that you said um, with connecting with people and having that emotional connection and that passion for helping others, I mean, that plays into authenticity as well. I mean, you have to genuinely be interested in helping the people that you're working with. You know, that's you can't fake that. You know, so people can tell you are. (laughs) Yeah. So that's just so important. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. So, Allison, I thank you so much for sharing all the information about Magical Memory Planners. It's, I think, such a great story of how it kind of came to be. And I think so many people can use that experience and translate it to their own success. But we went a little bit off script, which is good. We love off script <laughs> things, but I want to give you the chance to tell us your Disney story because we jumped straight into the business stuff. I think it's important for our listeners to kind of know what made you fall in love with Disney. Okay. So this is really all my grandfather's fault. Um, he started this whole thing because Disneyland opened in 1955. So when they heard about that, they decided in the summer of 1956, they were going to drive from Long Island, New York to the California <laughs> to see this new amazing park. Um, they did that in 1956 and in 1957. So my mom was like 12 and 13. So she totally remembers that. Um, and then that was, you know, too far to do again. So then in 1971, when Disney World opened, my mom was like, oh my gosh, this, we could do this. <laughs> we could, we could drive there. So I believe in starting in 1972, they started driving down to Orlando to Disney World every year. Um, So as soon as I was born, I was in the program and I started going. Um, And so basically every childhood memory I have, like it all meshes together, but every memory I have is Disney. Disney was always, always in my life. Um, We went every year for two weeks. Um, I feel like six days of that was driving there and driving back. Um, but I remember, I remember Magic Kingdom and Epcot. I remember we stayed at um, Fort Wilderness. We had a camper, so we stayed at Fort Wilderness. My mom's least favorite movie was Mary Poppins. So whatever day Mary Poppins was at the campfire was the day we went to Magic Kingdom, so we could stay late for the fireworks because we wouldn't, you know, mind missing the campfire. Um, that night in river country and there used to be a train in Fort Wilderness. My brothers used to ride, um, the trams. I mean, everything about it, the loops, (laughs) like it's just like all ingrained in my brain. Um, and so it's just, I don't know, it's just a fabric. I don't know a time without Disney. Um, and so it's, it just, I don't know. It's just, it's like part of who I am. Boy, am I glad we went back and asked that question. I was going to say, that has got to be the greatest (laughs) Disney story. I mean, I can't even – I hated flying to Disneyland. I cannot even fathom a road trip. (laughs) And that's amazing. The the most fun thing was like – I don't remember. A few years ago, more than a few, um, my husband took my son on like this crazy trip hiking through like the Narrows and – scariness that I didn't want to think about. So I was like, well, if you're going to do that, I got to go do something else. Cause otherwise I'm going to sit home and be like nervous mom the whole time. So what, uh, what better thing to do than to go to Disneyland? Um, so I wouldn't have to think about it. So I said to my mom, I said, Hey mom, I got to take you somewhere. She's like, where are we going to go? I was like, I want to take you to Disneyland. She's like, what? I was like, well, you haven't been since 1957. So you got to go back. <laughs> they have this whole other park now, like Disney's California Adventure. You got to go. So she was like, are you serious? I said, yes, I want to take you to Disneyland. So I took her to Disneyland uh, a few years ago. It was like, I was like peppering her with questions. Like, what was this like when you were here last? What was this like when you were here last? She's like, I was 12. I don't really remember. <laughs> but um, 
but yeah, I, I, it was so fun to kind of take her back and, you know, kind of come full circle. I was like, you did this to me. You made me a Disney crazy person. So now, you know, I have to take you back to Disneyland. And then, um, last year I took her to Hawaii. It was her 75th birthday. And, um, one of her bucket list items was to go to Hawaii. And it was something that, you know, she had never had the chance to do. And, um, she, we lost my dad, um, almost two years ago now. And so I told her, I said, 2018 was awful or 2017 was awful. I was like, 2018 is going to be the best year ever. <laughs> so I took her on two cruises and I took her to, uh, to Hawaii. <laughs> I was like, we're going to Hawaii for your birthday. She's like, are you kidding me? I was like, no, <laughs> we're going to Hawaii for your birthday. I told you it was going to be a good year. <laughs> so, um, so I took her to, to Hawaii, to Alani and, uh, she got to celebrate her, her birthday there. So that was, that was super cool. <laughs> what a wonderful birthday present. I know. So sweet. Yeah. It was fun. I've got to ask because you mentioned it river country. Was it as amazing <laughs> as, as a lot of people remember it? Do you, I mean, do you have great <laughs> memories of it? Oh my gosh. I can't believe we swam in the water. Like that whole thing just like, I can't believe we're still alive. Anyway, um, I don't have a lot of like big memories of it just because of my age and when it closed. Um, actually my, my biggest memory of it is I wanted to do one of those, like, I don't know, you like hang from it and it, it like swings out and then you let go and you fall in the water, like further, further in. Um, I didn't know I couldn't hang and hold my own weight. So I literally like held onto the handle, took my feet off the platform and fell down and I was like oh <laughs> that was fantastic <laughs> it's like my only river country memory but I know it was there um and my brothers loved it they're older than me so they they talk about river country all the time I feel like half my memories are from them I can't distinguish what they've told me and what I've experienced because they like yeah have filled in all the gaps and stuff but um I have that yeah, same nothing like Typhoon Lagoon I'll tell you that yeah <laughs> I have that same problem where my brother will share a memory and then I think it's my memory. So like he said that he met the rescue rangers when we were kids and I was like, Oh yeah, I met the rescue rangers. And then he was like, you weren't born yet. You you weren't there. <laughs> so I guess, uh, yeah. Adopting memories is a real thing, but yeah. awesome. So glad we got to cover that. And I think it is a perfect foundation to run into our fast pass round. So We'll just throw out these Disney topics. And if you can just kind of share the first thing that comes to your mind so our listeners can get to know your Disney fandom a little bit better. I'm not a photographer. To capture the beauty and the magic of the park through a lens is not one of my skills. Thankfully, our friends at the Photo Reserve partner with some amazing photographers to bring you high-quality professional park photos for you to use in your hobby or business. To get six completely free photos head to reportthemagic.com forward slash detour so again that's reportthemagic.com forward slash detour so the first one is just name the disney parks that you visited so i've been to all the domestic parks so the four in orlando the two water parks um, you know, the two in California. And then I've been on three out of the four Disney cruise line ships. I've been to Alani and then Adventures by Disney is getting checked this summer. So and exciting. we are so jealous about that. That's yeah. a bucket list for us, for sure. <laughs> well, we always said we wanted to do the Greece one, but now we're going to Greece. So no, I've always wanted to do the, the Africa. Yeah, I'm the down. Africa. Africa. Yes, I'm yeah. down for that. We'll hit you up someday when we <laughs> when we need to do that. It'll be a while. <laughs> so of all of the parks that you've been to, which individual one is your favorite and why? Oh, hands down, it's Disneyland. Um, it was funny because the first time I went, everyone was like, you're not going to like it. It's so small because we're Disney World people. And so I didn't really know what to expect. And I walked in the gates and I was just, like trying not to cry the whole time because it's where Walt walked um, to, you know, look at the fire station and see the the light in the window, the, ugh, the whole thing. It's ridiculous. So hands down Disneyland. 
You know, we actually heard the same thing before we went to Disneyland, too, and I thought that was so strange, but I'm glad to hear that other people were told similar things, because I was like, well, how could you not like it? It's Disney. But we were actually told the same thing by a few people. Yeah, I guess I guess because it's smaller, but I always tell people, like, do you realize if you just add up the attractions that there's, like, just as many attractions in, I mean, combining Disneyland and Disney's California Adventure, like, California versus Orlando, that there's, like, basically the same number of attractions in both places. Uh, it's just really compact. So it's just, like, powerful. It's It's not weak. It's just compact. And you can walk back to your room for, like, a nap. Yes. <laughs> we took full advantage of that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You went back and swam. But, you know, my husband napped. We swam. But, like, <laughs> it's it's unbelievable. It's, like, everything you need in, like, a very small space so you can just easily run from place to place and hit, like, everything like a crazy person. It's ideal. I love Disneyland in general. But yeah. Disneyland, the park, is my favorite. Mm-hmm. Well, and, yeah, and to go on a Disney trip and never have to get on a Disney bus, like, it doesn't oh. get any better than that. <laughs> I know. It's like if you're a Walt Disney World person, you like you're going through withdrawal. It's like, well, then why don't you just go to the parking garage? You could ride the tram a little bit. It'll be good. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. <laughs> so next one would be your Disney bucket list trip. So I have two. Um, it's either an Alaskan cruise or Adventures by Disney to Italy. Um, if I was to do something in the parks, it would probably be, um, I don't even know. I want to do like just a like VIP tour, dinner at Victorian Alberts, Grand Floridian theme park view room, concierge, of course, club level. <laughs> uh, of course, that would, that would be, that would be ideal. Those are all good picks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, the moment I saw, was it was it Mickey or was it Pluto in like their Alaskan cruise outfit? Oh my god, I think it was Mickey. <laughs> it's yes, like, that's that's reason to go alone just to see Mickey dressed like that. Uh, oh, they're so cute. He's they're adorable. All, like, like, uh, they're funny. He, yeah, he looked like the, the like the fisherman. Yeah, he looked he like had the like Gordon fisherman. Yes, <laughs> the yellow hat. I think- there's a photo circulating and I think it's it's one of the girls. It's either Minnie or Daisy and they have on like a black and red checkered like flannel. <laughs> <laughs> like you look like a lumberjack. It's awesome. Yeah. Like I wanna that that's it. I wanna do that. <laughs> so the next one would be your favorite Disney resort, and it doesn't necessarily have to be one that you've stayed at. So I really struggle with this because my favorite resort changes based on why I'm there. Um, So if I'm doing like with the kids and we're just doing a really park heavy trip, um, you know, I love, we're a family of five, so that kind of limits our options sometimes. Um, But I love Caribbean Beach or Riverside um, because they're just really cute resorts and I love the pool area. Caribbean Beach is gorgeous. So it's just like, you know, fast and now they're getting those skyliners. Um, so that's just like a super fun, like family thing. But I was just there with some, like all adults and we were just (laughs) club level at the yacht club, wandering in and out of Epcot. (laughs) And it was like, perfect. So, um, and then we've gone on cruises and then stayed in the parks for like a couple of days without actually going to the parks, just staying there to chill kind of to round out the trip. Um, and then I love like beach club cause I love their pool area. And so we'll get like a villa and we'll just swim and wander around and enjoy like, you know, non theme park activities and things like that. Mm-hmm. So that doesn't really answer the question, but that's my story. I'm sticking to it. <laughs> <laughs> I like that answer. Um, we've never stayed at any of the Epcot resorts. It's really oh, high it's on my baffling. bucket list. Yeah. How we haven't. Because. You know, if we're staying on property, we're going to use DVC and normally we're going to go during a festival. So those are like the first ones to go. Mm-hmm. So oh, yeah. we're going to have to uh, re-strategize and, and find a way to get there. Yeah, for sure. It's dangerous, though. If we stay at Boardwalk, you're going to go to Ample Hills like 20 times in one trip. 
Oh, for sure. At <laughs> least, at least daily. At least. <laughs> yes. If not like breakfast and dessert. Yeah, I mean, they might sell like a waffle that could be breakfast. Like oh a my goodness. Waffle and ice cream. First of all, yeah, none of that matters. Like I had <laughs> breakfast at, um, in Magic Kingdom, I had an ice cream sundae for breakfast because I'm like, it's dairy. <laughs> like, that totally counts. Yeah. Yes. It doesn't matter. We had the Cheshire cattails, which I do not think are a breakfast item, but we always treat them as breakfast items. It's a items. pastry. It's a pastry. Oh gosh, they're a pastry. Yep. Yeah. That totally counts as breakfast. We're on the same page. <laughs> so yeah. next one would be, if you could only fast pass one ride for the rest of your life, which one would it be? All right. So I struggled between Flight of Passage and Toy Story Midway Mania, and I decided... I mean, because Flight of Passage is just hands down my favorite ride ever. Um, but that's probably true for everybody. So I decided Toy Story Midway Mania because there might come a point in time where I can't handle Flight of Passage anymore. But Toy Story, I could always do that. And I'm very competitive. And I always want to get a better score. So I could do that forever. Are you the type of person who, like, you know all of the hacks and, like, the uh, the missions on each one? And you're you're coaching the person in your car to try to accomplish all those? Well, I don't coach the people in my car because then I would beat them. So I just mind my own business and get my best score. <laughs> <laughs> I would enjoy that. And then I that. might take a picture of it. And then I might have a file on my phone of all my pictures so that I can keep track of my scores. And then I might dance all the way out of the ride <laughs> if I was the winner in my car. Might. You might do that. <laughs> I, I might do those things. They may have been known to happen. But I will not confirm nor deny exactly what had happened (laughs) i love that so sticking with rides which ride do you think is due for either an exit or a refurbishment okay so i think um i was out in california once when they did the hyperspace mountain overlay for space mountain um with star wars and i think that you know i think orlando needs some overlays so that would be my refurbishment i would put hyperspace mountain and make it like a whole star wars thing um over space mountain Hmm. would you do that are you saying you do that permanently or just have it be like an occasional thing like just have an overlay at all because they don't i don't think they do any kind of overlay where in orlando do they well, they uh, make it completely pitch black for Halloween. They did last year. Oh, but that's not an overlay. That's turning all the lights out. <laughs> yeah. I just think that Space Mountain, like, I think the ride itself is good as far as, like, its speed and, like, it's fine. But I think that the it's it's too bright in there. It needs to be darker. And it needs something exciting happening in the dark. So I think that if they, they made, I would go permanently. Okay. I could get behind that because Hyperspace Mountain is like the biggest reason why I want to go to Paris just because <laughs> they have it. Uh-huh. And the the one like hesitation I have is that when we were in Disneyland, it was Ghost Galaxy over there, Space Mountain. And that just didn't really like do anything for me. But I, I could get behind Hyperspace Mountain. Yeah, it was it was really cool. I mean, it was like you could see like stars, whatever's like flying through the, you know, in the black, in the, in the dark. And then there was like, like lightsaber noises and stuff as you were like taking off instead of just like the red tube that makes your eyes do weird things. Like <laughs> <laughs> the toaster oven. Yeah, that whole thing is like the bright light and then the red and I'm like, they're trying to kill me. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I just. I think that they can really go in a really great Star Wars direction with that. And just, I think it would be super cool. Yeah. And I think just overlays in general, I think that was something that we loved about Disneyland is that it was just so festive. They like committed to whatever holiday or theme and they went with it. And Disney World could definitely use more of that. Oh, yeah. It just adds variety. It makes it different and fun. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, I think it just gives you more reasons to go. (laughs) It's yep. like, well, I didn't see that overlay yet, so now I have to go back. Mm-hmm. So. so our next portion is our favorite portion. And yours Yay. too, probably. <laughs> yes. Your favorite snack or a go-to snack? Okay, so my favorite snack is beignets. 
Um, so much so that I'm making my entire family, there's 12 of us going um, in July, and I'm making us all stay at French Quarter for beignets. Um, so I really love those the best, but they are hard to come by sometimes. So my second favorite snack is the Mickey ice cream sandwich. That's been my favorite since I was a little kid. Yes. I am team ice cream sandwich over a Mickey premium bar. Me too, because when you bite into the premium bar and then the it cracks and then the chocolate falls off. Yep. Or exactly. had that happen? That makes me crazy. I'm surprised you like that, Catherine, because you don't like messes. Well, see, as a kid, I never did. My sister was the ice cream bar and I was the ice cream sandwich. And then I guess just here recently, I started going bar instead of sandwich. Mm. I don't know why. A new season of life for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Branching out. Well, I you could grow and expand. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so beignets, do yes. you think the ones in French Quarter compare and are equal to the ones in Disneyland? That's a tough question because I've never had them like in the same day. So I feel like I feel like they're the same, but I know they're not. But like I haven't eaten them close enough together to like really tell. So what we should do is do a taste test where we fly to Orlando, <laughs> we get beignets, and then we fly to California, and then we get them there, and then we could make a really informed decision. Yep, and it's even research. Even in California, you'd have to get them at Ralph Brennan's Jazz Kitchen and Cafe Orleans and the quick service place. I mean, you, if Correct. you're going to do it, you got to do all of them. Correct. And then you could do a full evaluation. I mean, I feel a blog post coming on. Like, we, we should do that. <laughs> Count us in, for sure. <laughs> well, we would need a panel because one person cannot make, you know, that's personal preference. You'd need a panel of people. So maybe we could take volunteers. Yeah, if anybody's interested in that, shoot us a message and we'll start <laughs> building a team. We're challenge. Uh, yes. And then we'll we'll do some research. You know, we've never <laughs> even had the beignets at French Quarter. We have I feel not. like... The last time we we tried to go, like we had full plans to like make like its own special trip out there, and they didn't have them for some reason. I don't remember what, what? it was or what they were doing. Um, it was the the food court was under refurbishment. Uh, yeah, what is it? God. Sasagula fireworks or something? Yes. Yeah, it's very floatworks. Floatworks. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's awful. We were there during the refurbishment and they had like this other little area that they had like sectioned off. And I went to the chef and I was like, are you, are you making beignets? Can we still get them? And he's like, well, yeah, you can order them. I'm like, okay, I'm just, just, just checking. <laughs> so I got them every day. We were okay. If not, that'd be like going to guest service and be like, I need to be comped, <laughs> comped three fast passes per day because there's- You're no- having a problem. This- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're like, we'll get in line. Everybody's having the same problem. <laughs> awesome. So sticking with food, what is your favorite table service restaurant and favorite quick service restaurant? Okay. So again, like, I don't know why you can, how are you supposed to pick one when there's like a hundred? Um, Steakhouse 55 is one of my absolute favorites in the Disneyland hotel. Um, just super good. Um, their truffle mac and cheese is ridiculous. Ohana. I just always love Ohana. And actually my husband, this is like my dirty little secret, but my husband doesn't like Disney. So it's challenging, Mm -hmm. but, um, I made him stop at Ohana while I was driving and I made the reservations. They didn't have a choice, but we were driving back from my parents' house to the airport. And so I was like, well, we're stopping at Ohana for dinner. And he's like, what? This was a non Disney trip. I was like, well, it happened. So. It's just too bad we're going there for lunch, for dinner before we fly home. So we went and he was like laughing and he's like, this is really good. <laughs> I'm like, see? He's like, I was like, so are you mad now? He's like, no, really good. <laughs> so Ohana has a special place. <laughs> yeah, you cannot deny the deliciousness of Ohana no no so it's kind of funny because it's like now it's just kind of a running joke that he's like not a disney fan and so he just kind of plays it up he has all grumpy gear when we go to the parks he has to wear all grumpy gear he's got a grumpy hat he's got all grumpy shirts and he wears one every day and 
it's just his thing. But anyway, yeah, <laughs> Ohana got him. So that was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so what about quick service? So Satouli Canteen is one of my favorites. Um, and I really, my classic favorite before Satouli came on the scene was Columbia Harbor House. Brendan is singing your praises over here. Those are his two favorites. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, they're just superior. If I've said it once, I've said it a hundred times. So I'll That's spare true. our listeners. But uh, <laughs> next one would be your favorite character meet and greet moment. Okay. So this is... Um, this is when we took my daughter for the first time, she was six months old. And so she's my oldest. So we went down, it was like our first family trip and it was real chill. Cause it was like, we have a new kid and you know, so it's not like a run, run trip. It's more like a, she would nap in the stroller. We'd wander around, whatever. And she loved meeting all the characters and she'd hug them and all this stuff. Um, but my favorite moment was we went to the meet and greet with Winnie the Pooh in um, the UK area and her whole nursery was Winnie the Pooh. So we were in there sitting. I guess the characters were like switching or whatever. And so we were in there like sitting in their little space. And when Winnie the Pooh came out, she completely recognized him. Like she knew him. Even though like we had other Disney stuff in the house and whatnot. Like when she saw him, it was like clear that she knew who he was. And she was so happy to see him. And it was just, I don't know, it's just my favorite moment because... People always will be like, well, it's, you know, how old should your child be when you bring them to Disney and how are they too young and all this business. And I'm like, first of all, she might not remember that moment. I will remember that forever. Um, and it was just super special for her. Like she in that moment was like the happiest little thing alive. And so she recognized it. It meant something to her and that meant something to me. So that's my favorite Disney moment and character meet and greet, I guess. I just hope that our niece is the same way because that's an amazing story. Yeah, and I think that's so true too because that's definitely a question that like our friends who are having kids now and things like that, they, you know, we're always like, oh, when's your first trip to Disney? You know, because we're the big Disney nerd friends. Um, and they're like, oh, well, we can't take them until they're, you know, seven and we'll remember it and can ride the rides. And of course, we just do not agree with that as Disney people, but – I think that's a very good point that even though she won't remember it, you'll remember it. And in that moment, I mean, it was a great moment. Mm -hmm. Oh, it was awesome. And I brought um, her first trip was six months. My middle one, his first trip, he was three months old. And my other one was four months old on their first trip. So um, I'm just kind of like, we're going. (laughs) (laughs) And you've got to come. <laughs> so it's different. It's different than taking a four-year-old or a seven-year-old or a nine-year-old. But um, I figure, hey, I've got to, we're parenting, we're home. I, people are like, well, it's hard to travel with kids. I'm like, it's hard to go to the grocery store with kids. We don't <laughs> knock the grocery store. So I'm going to just keep going. I'm going to keep doing all the things that we love to do. And it's going to be different. And you're going to need to, you know, accommodate your child for naps and different things. But like, I don't know, my kids now are like super flexible. They travel really well. Um, You know, they've just learned along the way that like, you know, this is life and you got to roll with the punches sometimes. So I don't know. I'm a big advocate of traveling, obviously. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So next one would be your favorite Disney movie. So Mary Poppins is my favorite in spite of it not being my mom's favorite. I absolutely adore Julie Andrews and Dick Van Dyke. So Mary Poppins is my top favorite, which led into me loving Saving Mr. Banks because I love the connection to Walt and the storyline behind it and the scenes like that are replicas of Disneyland, the original and things like that. Um, So those are probably my two favorites yeah great choices for sure so sticking with classic questions i guess what is your favorite disney song so i was thinking about all the music and i really love the music from moana and tangled um and some of the like the newer music even big hero six has awesome music so i was kind of like going in that direction but then i was like thinking globally and i was like you know what i really love (laughs) 
I love the old song from the Main Street Electrical Parade. Mm, <laughs> Just like, I'm not even going to sing it for you. But <laughs> that whole <laughs> that whole thing with like the the electronics and the <laughs> the introduction, I don't know, the whole thing. That's like classic Disney from my childhood and I love that. I'm going to pat myself on the back. Previous version of me, younger me, knew that I needed to take a video of that one time when we saw it. And then they announced it was leaving like two weeks later. <gasps> and that, like to this date, that's always, if I post any videos from there on our Instagram, that's like the most engagement we ever get because people love that parade so much. Oh, the Paint the Night Parade is like my second favorite parade. But that, I don't know, the music from the Main Street Elect, it is just classic i i have faith it's gonna come back again yeah hopefully it'll be back. fingers crossed for sure so next one would be your favorite disney quote it can be from walt himself or from any of the movies so i kind of talked about this a little earlier but um my faith the one that my family says constantly from the movie meet the robinsons is keep moving forward um we say that through thick and thin through hard and every you know, good times and bad times were always like, we just got to keep moving forward. Um, and my favorite quote from, quote from Walt, which I had also said before, is it's kind of fun to do the impossible. Um, I think it's just inspirational to, to like, you know, just keep pressing forward. And what do you think is impossible if you keep working at it will become possible. And then in, at that moment, you'll be like, it's kind of fun to do the impossible. <laughs> Yeah, I totally love both of those because they are, you know, they're Disney quotes, but they're so applicable to real life. So the next one would be your favorite Disney parks memory. So that was definitely um, when I went out to Disneyland the first time I got to do the walk in Walt's footsteps tour. Um, and if you ever get to go out to Disneyland, I was like selling that tour in the park to people <laughs> in line. I was like, did you do the walk? They were like East coast people. And I was like, did you do this tour? And they were like, no, I don't know what that is. I'm like, oh my gosh, you have to do it. It should be like, everybody should do it. Um, but it takes you through all of Disneyland, the Disneyland park. Um, and you walk in his footsteps. You get to see all this really cool stuff. And in certain spots, they'll they give you earpieces. So in certain spots, you stop, and they um, they'll either tell you the history of that moment or something. But in several spots, you actually get to hear Walt himself talking in that spot where he said it, like however many years ago. Um, so it's really powerful, and it's really connects you to to him and to Disneyland. And my favorite moment of all was when we, you know, stood outside the fire station and they told us about, you know, that that was his apartment and all that stuff. And then told us about how, when he was in the park, he would um, put the light on. And then the cast members would know like, Ooh, Walt's here. Like we really need to be on our best behavior and, and be doing our very best. And so then after he passed away, they lit a light there and have kept it, you know, shining ever since. Um, just as a constant reminder that Walt's with us and he's watching and we want to always be, you know, best in show and, and putting our best foot forward. And I'm just like, bawling <laughs> i'm just like crying through the whole tour people are like are you are you okay i'm like yes i'm fine <laughs> it's just a very emotional tour um but for anybody who's a real disney fan like really connects to the whole story to walt himself to the history um and if you're in california and you haven't done that tour hands down it is it's my best disney parks memory for sure mm. that's amazing so thank you so much for sharing that Allison our very last question that we have for you and it's if you have one piece of parting guidance that you can give to someone who's looking to jump into this Disney community either as a content creator or a product producer or even a service provider like yourself what would be your advice to them so I would just sum it up with find your passion and make sure your passion's in the right place um, find your purpose Keep moving forward because it is kind of fun to do the impossible. Ooh. <laughs> I love that. You just tied everything together with a nice bow. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. That's exactly what we needed to hear. So thank you so much for sharing that with us. So Allison, one last thing. If you can share with our listeners where they can connect with you and Magical Memory Planners online. 
Sure. So you can go to our website, which is MagicalMemoryPlanners.com. We're on Facebook and Instagram. Our handle is Magical Memory Planners. Um, And then on Facebook, we also have a group, our VIP Insiders group, which anyone is welcome to join um, under Magical Memory Planners. So that's it. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Allison. I think it has been so valuable for our listeners to hear this, and we really enjoyed hearing more about your Disney story. So again, thanks so much. Thank you so much for having me. This has been a blast. Do you like Star Wars? How about Marvel? How about Disney? If you answered yes to any of these, we'd love to have you listen to our new podcast, Kingdom Outcast. We're just three guys chatting about news, topics, and events in the Disney universe. Find us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. Thank you for listening to Detour to Neverland. Subscribe to the show and leave a review to help more people find us. Follow us on Instagram at Detour to Neverland underscore podcast to see our pictures from the parks. See you real soon.